Hi, I'm Wendy Francis, nutrition therapist, emotional eating expert, and entrepreneur. I've helped countless people overcome their obsession with food and weight. Isn't it time you overcame what you had become and ignite who you were meant to be? Your time to become an overcomer starts now. It's Wendy. Thank you so much for joining me for another edition of Overcoming Your Emotional Eating. Today's podcast may be one that's a little bit heavier on the content because it's something I've been thinking about and actually began doing some research around. And I want to bring it to light with you all, for you all. The reality is we are living in interesting times right now. And it relates to our food definitively. And you'll see how I bring that back around. But just go with me for a few minutes on a journey, so to speak, in your mind. And you'll see how the issue of disconnection is really plaguing our country and plaguing our culture and plaguing our youth. And we now have rampant data to support this. You'll also see and hear from me in today's podcast how then that brings, moves through our psyche, our being, our psychology, and then can actually translate into overeating, change in body weight, shape, etc. But if you'll start with me here, I can show you what it means to you there. The other day, I got a call, the middle school principal, I didn't, he didn't call me specifically, but they send out messages regarding a seventh grader who committed suicide. And all of us parents in my community were crying and sad, and you can still hear it in my voice. The fact that a 12-year-old felt so isolated, disconnected, and alone in a city that I live in that has thousands and thousands of people in a middle school that has over 2,300 kids, you know, hundreds of teachers, and in a community where we have thousands, that a boy that age would feel so disconnected to take his life. It got me thinking, right? It gets us all thinking things in life that shake us up to the core like that. We can either succumb to the sadness or we can let them shake us up so that we can start to think about things differently, better, begin to make the change. I mean, that's how change begins, right? And it's time that we wake up and become conscious about the fact that we are living in a disconnected world. We are not intimately connected with each other as much as we need to be clearly when you have youth committing suicide. And the suicide and the anxiety rate of our youth is astounding. It's astounding. It is the highest it has ever been. And we continue to turn a blind eye to that. I also know many women and men my age, middle age, younger and older, who are hurting as well. And we are living in this place and space of disconnection. We were living this way before the pandemic. 
But definitively, during the pandemic and after the pandemic, we can still see streaks, rampant, terrible tunnels of disconnection. People eating and on their cell phones, but yet together. People not talking at night because everyone's in separate rooms doing different things. Maybe not even knowing that your child is getting bullied on the computer or recognizing that you are having your own crisis, but diving into your phone or Googling in order to stay out of being conscious of the pain. I know definitively and have known for 30 years in practice that my clients who have had rampant overeating, undereating, whether it be anorexia, bulimia, compulsive overeating, have an inability at the moment in time to be connected within themselves. I also recognize though, 20 or 30 years ago, we did have more connection to each other because there wasn't as much super highway around us all the time, so to speak. Internet, social media, various platforms of social media, disconnection, disengagement, and what we think might be re-engagement on the computer or online is really not. I know that we want to think it is. It's, it's not. It's not human form, so to speak. It's not in front of us. It's not flesh and blood. And maybe another person on the other end of that exchange, but they're not in your space. And the reality is the more disconnected we become from each other and the more disconnected we become to ourselves, the worse things are going to get. Statistics are showing radical things that have been coming up with respect to disconnection. What we know is for individuals who have data, well, there's, well let's put it this way, there's data from a longitudinal study that show that poor social relationships, so this is somebody that is not relating to others, maybe isolated, we found 29% of an increase in coronary heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. So beyond the psychological impact, which I'll talk about in just a second, we're seeing physical impacts. There was a widespread longitudinal study that was also done that showed the radical increase in mortality for individuals, what they call early onset mortality for individuals that were socially isolated and disconnected. As human beings, we need to be human and we need to be other people with other people. And if we're not, we are seeing what's happening to our bodies. It's changing our health status. It's changing whether we have heart disease or whether we have a stroke. It's changing whether or not we die early. The research is there and it's rampant and it's coming out more and more. Some of the new research is just in a post-pandemic and some of the research is even pre-pandemic, which is super interesting as well. When we live in a culture that's not connected and doesn't foster connection anymore and doesn't foster connection within ourselves, that's another topic which I'm going to talk about in just a second, because I believe that connection is the deepest rooted. And with that deep connection, the reality is if you you don't have that, that's definitively where food will come in. But I'll talk more about that 
in just a minute. As I mentioned prior, mental health is really also strongly related to social connectedness. The more socially connected we are, the more healthy we are from a psychological standpoint. Meta-analysis synthesizing the data have found that various components of poor social connection are associated with social anxiety in both adolescents and in adults, and we are seeing a rise, rampant rise in social anxiety, which is something we've never necessarily dealt with at this extreme before. It's also associated with depression, psychosis, and suicidal ideation. While greater social connection is associated with better overall mental health among aging populations in a long-term care residential setting. So they studied, you know, the long-term care residents that were socially connected and the ones that weren't, and they're seeing what we're seeing out here, so to speak. The data that we link between mental health and social connectedness is astounding, and it is definitively 100% proven that the more connected we are socially, the healthier we are mentally, and the healthier we are physically. And the more that we move in these different constructs, so to speak, more and more isolated, the worse things like suicide, addiction, various facets of addiction, right? Whether it be you're on your computer, and I believe we don't have it yet. I do think they have just come out with an electronic addiction or something of that nature for the phone. But the more that we are you know, on our computers, addicted to scrolling, and listen, trust me, I, I can go there too, so I get it. But the more that we are doing those things and addicted in that way, it could be porn, could be gambling, could be drugs, alcohol, etc. The more that we are socially disconnected, the more likely we are to move into addiction. Now, this is where food comes in, right? I recognized a long time ago the difference in my clients who had one best friend or a core social family structure than the individuals that were truly intimately disconnected from other people. Not so much the adolescent, although it could be. I worked with many adolescents, unfortunately, who were not in good homes and some that were in amazing homes. But adolescence in general is an isolating time where we feel like nobody understands us. There's some kind of interesting rite of passage there, which is also why things like suicide increase during that time. You really have to make an adolescent know that you care almost like in their face, so to speak. (laughs) I love you. I care. I'm here if you need me. And if we just kept saying that to them, it would help. That being said, I recognized a long time ago that the individuals that had some facet of connection, a best friend, you know, or somebody in their life, the recovery rate for them with respect to their food and eating behaviors was better. For the individuals I work with that lived alone, you know, had maybe a group of friends, but always felt different from them or felt more isolated, they had a very difficult time really recovering. There wasn't anything else for them but food. And they would, in fact, when we got to the point in their treatment, when they really understood that, they would really get that they were alone unless they had their food. Their food had become their everything, their happiness, their sadness, their cure to anger, their cure to stress. And in that, then food takes the place of a person, so to speak. 
we then, in fact, are disconnected from ourselves because our ability to trust ourselves, to know ourselves, and to love ourselves plummets because we continue to make goals that we can't keep. Sound familiar? Right? You make a goal. I'm not going to eat this today. I'm, I'm not going to eat too much today. I'm, I'm not, not going to eat those chips today. And by the end of the day, you're eating those chips. The reality is we do that because there's a hole. There's a hole in our connection with ourselves. And when we say that and we're not able to live up to it, it's very difficult, realistically, to pull through that with trust in oneself. So we know the statistics are staggering. We do understand that. The more we know about this, the better. And then we need to move it into action, right? My, my podcast have always been about kind of presenting the problem and then let's talk about some solutions. So first and foremost, you can ask yourself, one, are you connected with yourself? Do you spend time with yourself without anything around? What do you think about? What do you do? What happens when it's quiet? Is that when you think about food? Is that when you go to the pantry? Is that when you plan out your next meal with what you're going to eat? You see, that is a way to disconnect from oneself. Or when it's quiet, is that when you want to cry? And in order to stop crying, you move towards something else, whether that be your screen, whether that be, you know, looking at something on your screen, whether that be going to get a glass of wine. The reality is, It's in those quiet moments that we find that connection. So how often do you do that? That's why people do go to places like yoga or meditation, because it's that quiet time that you can connect with yourself. If you haven't spent time connecting with yourself, maybe it's time to start. Start to think about what do you love to do? What do you even like to do? Where I talk to so many people and I recognize so many people don't know what they really like. I've been at those points in my life of reinvention or, or reconnection and not recognizing what do, what do I like to do outside of X, Y, or Z. And so often we're in the process of doing that we forget about being, right? So what do we like? What do we like to do? What music do we really like? What smells do we like? What sounds do we like? Maybe you can experiment, right? What smells do you like? What places do you like to go to? How does it feel for you? And what do you want that to experience to be like? How can you keep that around you more? How often do you take time to be with yourself? Whether that's on a hike, in yoga, maybe just sitting out in your backyard for a few minutes. Maybe it's watching birds, right? Whatever that is, what do you like that connects you to yourself, by yourself, for yourself, with yourself? Food can't do that. Neither can drugs or alcohol or porn or gambling, but it definitively can't bring that connection to you, for you, about you. So, so that's first, right? Second, how are you fostering your connection with others? What are you involved in that's just about connection? We do not have a lot of places or spaces that thrive in this way anymore. If you go to a massage, it's you and the masseuse. There's not a lot of connecting going on. In fact, some masseuses will tell you you don't have to talk. And then I think, well, you're actually supposed to be helping my body. It's kind of weird that I don't even know you and we're not talking, right? So where do you get connection? 
we don't, you know, what even people that go to like these spas, there isn't. You go from one place to the other, you get your facial, then you get your massage. And listen, hey, I'm not saying it's not nice. <laughs> I totally get it. But where are we fostering that connection with another person, with many people? We don't have many women's circles or men's circles nowadays. I know people are starting them. And essentially now it's bringing together a whole bunch of strangers into a place. And then you're done and you're kind of released. And there goes the connection with those people. So how do you keep that in your life regularly? How are you connecting with other people? Find one thing that you really feel at your core when you're in that presence, whether it's two people, three people, five people. The one area that the internet can be good for our soul and our psyche is you can start an online group. If you have friends from another area, another place, maybe you all get together on Zoom once a week and you really connect over something. I know everybody wants to like have a glass of wine and laugh and that's beautiful. Trust me. But what if you connect over a book? What if you connect over what's happening in everyone's life? What if you connect over some sayings or maybe a video? So that there's true deep connection to those places and spaces. We used to do a lot more of this and we have fallen out of touch with that. The more that we fall out of touch with that, the worst things are going to get. It's bleak. The statistics are not great. I could keep going with those on and on, but quite frankly, they're kind of depressing realistically and I think we know enough now to know that there's a problem. Let's fix it. Let's become conscious. Let's become aware. Let's change the way that we are. I know that's deeper than food, but the truth is that's part of what can help with food. Yes, you need habit change, behavior change, and my podcast is all about that, and you will get more of that next week. Actually, next week, I think I have a great interview, but but besides that, we will continue to talk about that. But I wanted to bring you something today that could get you thinking deeper. How are you connected with yourself? How are you connected with other people in your community? I have started a private Facebook page called Overcoming the Community Connection because the individuals that have been in my groups that will continue to be in my groups over the next year, or if you're a private client, you will have an invite into that group so that we can all share together regarding our experiences and our journey with our food, because I do believe that that connection and those groups help with core wound healing. How will you find yours? Think about that. It's time we wake up and we understand that connection is key and it's core and it's real palpable because we're seeing it in the research. I know you guys can do this. This is the work. It's the journey The journey of weight loss, the journey of overcoming your emotional eating is really about learning new ways, new skills, and new places that you can go within your life and within your food. This is one of them. As always, I thank you so much for listening. Please keep a lookout at www.wendyfrancis.com. I'm going to really expand and explode my groups in the fall because We need this path and this pattern to help us help each other and help ourselves. And in that, we all continue to overcome. Thanks so much as always for listening. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. 
rate, review, and subscribe. You never know who you'll help become the next overcomer.